Thank you for choosing to listen to the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. We are so spoilt for choice in relative podcast to listen to. So the fact that you are choosing to listen to me on this podcast makes me so proud. And I just want to say thank you. And please remember to follow the subscribe button so you're notified of all new guests that we are so honoured to have on our show. Whilst you're listening, I just want to thank our proud partners over at Needy and Inclusion Crowd. We'll explain a little bit more about them later on in this episode. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's guest. Today's episode was recorded with somebody who's actually, as she's listening to this now, has been sat as one of our community since we started the podcast back in 2020 and when I asked Emma to come on the show I think she was absolutely thrilled um, to be able to share her story so this is Emma Lindsay who is a director at NXT recruitment up in beautiful Cumbria which is a gorgeous part of the UK and we talk about very passionate topics actually not least because of her involvement with community projects with young people actually going into the education system and actually talking to young people around their career ambitions about their conversations that they're having about which path to go down and connecting them to local employers and particularly as an advocate of apprenticeships and it's just a really gorgeous conversation around what we can do as recruiters to make sure we're connecting young people in whatever capacity we come across them in but we also talk about some really hot topics in the recruitment market and as two traditional recruiters chatting away myself and Emma we were talking about the um, advantages that we see of artificial intelligence um, of the metaverse and how we think uh, art, uh, sort of the chat GPT and artificial intelligence will transform the recruitment marketplace for the better. Uh, and we also talk about the benefits of working for a multi-sector recruitment company rather than the usual uh, narrative around working for a niche. So you are in for an absolute treat. Emma's a delight for you to get to know and we can't wait to introduce you. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. This is Leisha Holmes, and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. And what's really nice about this week's guest is this is somebody who's actually been sat in your shoes as a listener herself, I think possibly since we started the podcast back in 2020. And we've got to know each other. We've spoken a few times, and I am so excited for you to get to know her as well. So this is Emma Lindsay, and she's Director at NXT Recruitment. Welcome today, Emma. How are you? Thank you, Alicia. I'm very good. Thank you. It's an honour to be with you. Um, As you say, I've been a huge fan of yours and this show and your personal brand for a long time. So I'm absolutely delighted to be here with you today. Oh, well, that's very kind of you. So for those who are not yet familiar with you, but they will be by the end of this episode, just give us a little brief history of you and the business. Yeah, absolutely. So NXT, uh, we're a local independent recruitment partner. We are based in Carlisle and I work in partnership with businesses throughout the whole of Cumbria and Southwest Scotland. And what's different about is that that we are a multi-sector recruitment agency. So we work um, with businesses of all shapes and sizes and our recruits at all levels as well, from entry level positions right through to managing director and C-suite. Um, I know we're going to talk a little bit about it today, but we we really pride ourselves on putting the personal touch into recruitment and um, the human element into recruitment as well, and getting to know the people behind the CV and the businesses in depth as well. So yeah, we, de- we definitely will. And for anyone listening who has never actually been to the United Kingdom, where Emma is based is absolutely beautiful. It's just on the cusp of the Lake District, isn't it, Cumbria? So yeah. it's just yeah. a beautiful part of our 
amazing country and you should definitely and if you are based in the UK and you haven't been you really should come and stay it's just an absolutely glorious place so thank you for that lovely explanation I mean we could talk about a lot of things and we will definitely come on to talking about that but I think one of the things that really sets you apart as a leader is that you are really sort of very active um, in talking to young talent and young people, um, particularly those who are going through sort of career transition, um, looking at sort of how they present themselves on social media, on LinkedIn, but also CV writing. So just give us an overview as to why you do that, because I think it's really mm-hmm. good to contextualise it. And then I want to sort of come on to what role you think you know we can play as recruiters in advising the next generation because I think we're on the cusp of potentially quite big change with things like AI chat GPT even the metaverse which I know we're quite a way off that but it's these are all really hot topics right now in recruitment so let's set the scene first of all and then let's talk about the future I guess. No absolutely so I um I came into the recruitment industry in 2015 and I, from the start, I was able to go into schools and able to speak to young people about their um, career aspirations. And I think one of the key reasons um, why I wanted to get heavily involved in that side is because I remember growing up as a teenager, I don't recall anybody coming into my secondary school and talking to me about what opportunities were available for you know, for young women in the county um, and, and, you know, and what opportunities are are really on your doorstep. And especially in Cumbria, we talk a lot about the skills shortage and we talk a lot about attracting talent to the county and retaining the talent that we've got in the county as well. Um, And as I say, nobody ever sat me down and told me that about a career, you know, in engineering or women in nuclear. Um, So I find it really interesting to be able to go in and have those conversations with the young people. And you really never know who you are actually inspiring. Mm. Um, and as well, I obviously have to speak with we a whole host of different types of businesses from different sectors. And for me, a key element of getting your recruitment strategy right is getting to, you know, targeting these young people and making them aware of who you are and your brand and what opportunities you can offer them. And you know, and, and it's you know, attracting talent at, at you know at that young age and making them, mm. as I say, for really that's where you should be. That that's where your talent pool is. That's of where course the- it is. I don't think many people go into that I don't think they go into schools maybe they go and do the milk rounds at university but actually you're going in while they're still studying in you know the curriculum in education what's what sort of and I know this is going to sound a little bit generic potentially but as a general culture what are young people feeling because they've gone through the most transformative period I think since they say the second world war with the pandemic having to be forced to be taught from home I'll talk about my own personal experience as a mother of two teenagers but what's your what feedback are you getting from young people are they feeling connected to the world of work what, what what's the vibe it's very very mixed I know with right. I work with in particular they they try to do things virtually which again is very active and you know, the, the topic of conversation today and throughout the pandemic they try to do things through you know you work experience which is online or virtual um you know um, mock interview sessions right but they lose that you know that human element mm. to it don't you? it becomes quite cold and quite staged when it is online um for some feedback that we've had are that there are much more um people wanting to actually apply for apprenticeships rather than wanting to go to university Good. which is really interesting especially when you think of you know industry and you think as i say of that skill shortage it's getting people into um, working with the employer and as, as you say doing the apprenticeship with them but it is it's it, there's definitely that disconnect without a doubt 
Yeah, it is. It's such a, a, a challenging time for young people. It's good to hear that you're getting that feedback though around the apprenticeship schemes, particularly within STEM. We actually had a previous guest on, um, Sebastian. He he focuses purely on STEM and actually he he's, a, a, again, like yourself, a leader in recruitment, working with local employers to really educate them that that's going to be where the future talent pool, you know, people you know, and, and I'm sure you'll corroborate this, that young people, the thought of sort of putting themselves into debt in inverted commas to go and do a degree where they might still not actually know where they want to go after that, that an apprenticeship scheme sort of gives you, I guess, the valuable vocational skills as well as, you know, allowing you to try before you sort of set your whole career on that path. So is it, I mean, that's something that schools are really advocating as well in partnership with you as an employer. Yeah, absolutely. And we're seeing Good. a lot more of it now as well with the skills fair. We so there's a, a, a skills fair um, every year in Carlisle and um, and that more and more employers are, are showing engagement, more and more are actually attending and exhibiting it. Ex- exhibiting at the, the skills fair as well so it's brilliant to see that employers are trying to get involved with people at such a, a an early stage as well it's good you mentioned just earlier on that when you were at school you know that they didn't really talk to you about you know you as a girl going into engineering or construction yeah. so given that you know we are a hotbed for talking about diversity and inclusion certainly as a podcast we're huge supporters mm-hmm. of it what is then the reality in schools with these young people do they recognize within themselves their di- their own diversity and do they feel included when they go to you know as a as a young girl would you have felt included if you were going into an apprenticeship scheme for construction or engineering so what's the reality yeah. for these young people yeah I think there's definitely more to be, do, to be done but there is definitely work being done as well so I know Good. with employers that I speak to as well as part of my role um I do a voluntary role um with the LEP where I am an enterprise advisor basically I open up my little black book of contacts oh. to the business world and encourage uh, business owners and leaders to go into the schools and you know to do talks to to do assemblies um to to, to tell people about the opportunities that they've got in the business not just you know it can be an engineering business but actually do you want to do HR within engineering yes. or do, you do project management within yeah in this business so it's it's really educating people on you know the whole host of different types of roles that are available to them mm. but um but going back to it I think by somebody going in there and actually somebody it's a real person going in and talking to them about the opportunities and sharing their story you know how did mm. they get into that? what did yeah. they need where did they study and um and you, you know giving a real life case study to these young people I think is the key difference because that's great it makes it feel real to them it it absolutely it does and I think you know we, we just mentioned the word disconnect there and and I just want to say to anybody that's listening that is in education as a teacher you deserve awards and medals and trophies we're not <laughs> we absolutely do not hold you culpable we yeah. know that you're doing your absolute best on very limited resources but as a an educational culture certainly in the UK I don't know if it's different in other countries I do think there's a really big disconnect between what the reality of the world of work actually is to what they're still, you know, the curriculum that was probably a curriculum that I went through in 1980s. <laughs> I don't think it will have changed a huge amount in terms of how you go about getting a job with the careers advisors that they have in it, which is why I think bringing external people in, well, how did you become a fire person? How did you get into engineering? How do I go about becoming an AAT qualified accountant rather than going and doing a degree? You know, it's, I think it's the best way to do it. So I think that's wonderful. So that's through an enterprise council, did you say? 
So it's through um it's through the LEP. So we there's a whole host um there's there's a, an organization called the Careers Hub as well. So um there, there are quite a few business people locally right. that do and um and you're assigned right. to a school. So I'm actually assigned to the secondary school that I went to. So oh, it's wow. personable as well because again going in there and you know but being especially because the contacts that you've now got, you know where some of these people have gone to and so where you know that there's some fantastic businesses in, in Cumbria. So to be able to reach out to people and say, you know, did you go to Trinity? Can you come in and have a chat? Just have a you know speak to these young people about what you've done and how you got there it is it's really yeah it's inspirational for them and the, and the reason we really wanted to talk about that is because every single listener that's choosing to listen to this episode right now as you sit here right now whether you are a recruiter starting out which we get a lot of feedback on that whether you're a leader whether you're a recruiter that's been doing it 20 odd years like me you have got something to offer to young people whether it's going back to your old secondary school I've done that loads and I tell you it's yeah. so rewarding apart from anything just to walk in and it always seems much smaller than it did when yeah. you were in school <laughs> for some reason even though I've not grown anything since I left um so but I do think you can do an awful lot even if I always say you can impact one young person's life by just getting them to think maybe a bit more um laterally about what they could do or just even if it is getting that proverbial black book out and connecting them to somebody mm-hmm. I really like to think that this podcast has an impact on the next generation of people and you and I both know if you're sort of engaging with them and as I mentioned before I'm the mother to two this generation have gone through the most catastrophic three years it's been very True. disruptive and they need all the help they can get that let's stop calling them the flaky generation let's stop calling them the tiktok generation they are, they are actually probably the loneliest young people that we've ever known. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got to do what we can to help them. So I really, I'm, I'm so gr- grateful to you for sharing that. So I think if anyone has an action point today, go and con- con- contact your old secondary yeah. school <laughs> and just go and sit with some young people, you know, go and go and go and do that and add something. Now we did allude to it in the introduction and, and actually off camera, Emma and I were caught waxing quite lyrically, I think, about... <laughs> The sandstorm that's all around us, which isn't going anywhere. And I think, you know, even Emma's got some insight into she's sort of had a little bit of a play herself with, um, I guess, how we're going to be utilising artificial intelligence and machine learning as what I would like to say is quite we're traditional recruiters. We're relationship led. We're all about connecting human beings. You talk about human beings. Mm -hmm. So where do you see with putting the context back in the, the next generation, your mentoring and coaching as you when you do the external stuff with schools are they talking about it in schools are they talking about chat gpt what about metaverse what what do we now as recruiters and then employers need to do to make sure that there's a we're we're utilizing all this new technology but also not losing that human element the recruiters recruitment podcast is thrilled to be partnering with inclusion crowd inclusion crowd put the d into diversity but do it disruptively. We love that. Really reflecting what we're about. I was introduced to Inclusion Crowd back in 2020, and I've been absolutely blown away with what they're doing to totally transform the recruitment and hiring sector. They believe at Inclusion Crowd that companies should be reflective of society and that no matter who you are listening now, you have a story to tell. You have a contribution to make. An inclusion crowd educates you in allowing your voice to come out and share that story, but doing it in a way that educates your colleagues and your customers equally. Inclusion crowd, like the Recruiters Recruitment podcast, has clients all over the world. 
and they specialize in our industry. What we all want to do together is to maintain best practice and to raise industry standards to enable us to attract and retain the best talent, but doing so inclusively and with true diversity. By doing this, by accomplishing a true EDI policy within your business, you will also retain the top talent as well as attract new talent, which is a win-win for everybody listening, making more profitable business and a much better industry, higher regard, highly regarded. Inclusion Crowd are also the official awarding body for the Inclusion and Diversity Certification Mark within recruitment. We are so proud to be assisting and partnering Inclusion Crowd. If you want to know more information, please click on the link in this episode and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you do so. Now, back to the episode. I think that's key, isn't it? I think the it, it's making sure, um, because as you say, I I class myself as very traditional in the, in the way that I communicate. I'd much rather pick up the phone than send an email or send a message, whereas I think the younger generation they get a lot of flack for not wanting to do that. And again, it's it's almost been pushed on them. You know, technology has been pushed on them that they communicate via apps, they communicate via messenger, via text. And, and especially in, a, in an era where, as you say, they've gone through so much that they're sometimes they're not the most confident on the phone or actually speaking yeah. to a person. And they haven't had to be in that situation. Yeah. But again, for me, I think it's about being able to... Um, yeah, always, always keep that human element where you can pick up the phone, where you can sit down with somebody and have a coffee, especially where you've got these young people that need that personal interaction. And that's where you're going to get the best out of people. Yeah. But I think as a recruiter, I think it's key that we move with the times we always we, we need to keep evolving, don't we? Yeah. I think we need to stay ahead of the curve because otherwise we'll get swept away. We need to we need to be aware of what's going on out there. And I know that I've been doing a little bit of research um recently into the metaverse, into AI, into VR. Um and I think the the key things are it's seeing how seeing the positives of it, seeing the benefits of it, because there are some huge, huge positives to it, especially for those that um, are recruiting remotely or for those that need to. And you can still then get across the brand of the business that you're recruiting for. Or you spoke to um, a client actually just last week and they were talking about recruiting um, for a role and they wanted people to send videos in. And again, to me, that was quite new, whereas for some businesses, they've been doing that for a little while. Mm. You know, it's that video screening. And again, for some, I think it's quite sector specific because for some roles and for some generations, that's great. People will be able to do that and they'll run with it. But for others, you know, I know, you know, for for a certain generation or for those that aren't really into technology, for others, that could actually, we we could lose those really good candidates because they're not able to do that. But if it's not relevant for their role, do they really need to be able to do it as well? Uh And that's where as recruiters, we need to ensure that we're being inclusive to those people because it could be a neurodiverse thing that they're not happy to do a video. And that's something that we need to then educate and potentially, you know, consult the client on. Yeah. Um, but I think it, I think it's re- really open and honest of you to admit that. And I think that it will resonate with a lot of people. You know, we're, yeah. we're, we're doing this now on a video on technology. This is the irony. Um, <laughs> we, you know, we're, we don't want to make ourselves like, sound like dinosaurs because we're definitely not. I think what you're saying is that, that, that there has to come a point where, you know, we all have to, I guess, compromise the preference, which will always be, for me, as a true recruitment consultant, I would much rather have an engagement, meet people, but it's not always fo- possible. There are lots of recruiters that work, you know, we've all come, we come on to this, but that work a global market. 
And yeah. I, th- the way I see it, I mean, I've got, we have got metaverse at home. We've got the, the, goggle, the VR goggles and everything. And I'm thinking to myself, when I used to do engineering recruitment back in the 90s and I was pitching a client to a, an engineer, can you imagine if they could literally put the heads yeah. on and walk around the show, walk around the, the plant and see the conveyor yeah. system and see, you know, or see whatever the environment. And that could be the same for a legal office. It could be the same for a recruitment office. You know, yeah. I actually... I genuinely have been a total consumer with it, I have to be honest with you. But I know we're no, I mean, and think about we're going back to education. Can you imagine yeah. putting on the VR goggles and being back in, you know, the Roman times or being in the medieval period? It would just be an immersive experience that you would never. And that's where I think chat GPT won't ever replace that experience element to communicate that in terms of whether that's through a recruiter explaining a job description whether a client potentially you know trying to attract a future employee absolutely and there's a whole benefit as well for you know for the onboarding side as well yeah. and then the training as well especially for those that are working remotely because you hear of such disconnect and i we 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 done homework and obviously throughout the pandemic but again me being me I'm very much I love to be in the office with people I love to feel like I'm part of the team and and I know that the team in the office feel like that as well um and it's great for those that that can work remotely but wouldn't it be great to be able to give that that person who is working remotely give them the same experience that they could have in the office and feel really included and make them really you know feel part of the culture and part of that, that team Definitely. It's, a new, it, it's really nice to hear. And I, and I think, you know, when when we set out to have the conversation about this, I know that we were both very clear that we're both definitely firmly in the more traditional camp. But actually, I think that's where your business has, has evolved and is evolving. Mm-hmm. And, and so has mine in that, you know, you can't possibly try and just do things the way they've always been done, because otherwise mm-hmm. you will. And there will, again, there'll be plenty of people listening that are either working for employers that are set in their ways and aren't mm-hmm. thinking about what's ahead because I think it's you've got to be open-minded to it and it's really nice to hear that from somebody like yourself that openly admits you know I'm a traditional recruiter but yeah. we're looking at how we can incorporate that for a positive reason because actually I think that the, and I've had other guests on where we've talked about it this isn't to replace human beings this is to enhance the human experience mm-hmm. in the same way we use our smart speaker now to quickly just get a recipe for Thai curry or to tell us the name of the, that person on the song that we can't remember yeah yeah absolutely and if we were to look back you know five ten years ago that would have seemed so alien to be able to actually do that wouldn't it if somebody said that you could just ask your speaker a question you know you, you wouldn't have believed it so it, yeah. it's exciting it is, it is. It's a really exciting I love how we're not using her name because we know that she'll start talking so you, <laughs> definitely she has been known to do that before when I've said somebody's name so you mentioned in your introduction that you are, um, you know, you're a business that's very focused on um, a sort of particular geographical area, but actually you're multi-sector. And I think, again, if I think of, you know, we've been, I've been the most privileged host, I think, in recruitment because I get to talk to amazing recruitment leaders like yourself every week mm-hmm. that a lot of people talk down the niche route. But you very proudly said, you know, we're multi-sector. So I think, again, that's quite a traditional viewpoint of the market but I th- I know plenty of people certainly in my locations around Lancashire and Greater Manchester and they're very very successful and they're very sought after so how do you see that positioning versus being a niche I mean where, where do you see your model going forward? We are so proud to be partners of Needy the gifting revolution. Here at Key Recruitment we absolutely love to send out bespoke gifts to our new place candidates to welcome them in their new jobs, but also as an extra special thank you to clients or when a team is celebrating something really special. 
But to be honest, we were really fed up with dull or mediocre gifts that you could just buy on the high street that didn't really reflect who we are at Key Recruitment as a business. This is why we chose Needy. Needy source sustainably from the UK's best independent businesses, offering the most perfect array of bespoke gifts and experiences too. So no more boring bottles of plonk or rubbish boxes of chocolates. This is how you make your customers day with a gift that really matters and shows that you really want to do something special for them. For more information on how psychology and AI forming to make the best gift experience for you, click on the link and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when ordering. Now, back to the episode. I think with us, we're, we're Carlisle based and there's so much opportunity in Cumbria and Southwest Scotland that I feel if we were to limit ourselves to just one particular sector, I, I think it would be limiting for us. And by all, it sounds really cliche, I don't claim to be the expert in my client's industry by any means, but I do aim to be in mine. And, you know, I, I fully immerse myself in what I do and yeah. um, commit so much time and resource to my clients. I feel like I work, with, I am part of their business and, and a lot of my clients would give that feedback as well. So I think it's about, you know, it's, it's about giving them that commitment to, to your client it's about having that thirst for knowledge as well so actually right. immersing yourself in you know as I say I've got a number of engineering businesses manufacturing businesses and I truly care about what they're doing mm. I truly care about what their plans are for the next 12 months next three years you know what are you working on at the moment what projects are you working on and I really champion them as well so when they're shouting about things on social media I too am their biggest fan you know I want to you know it, it's about working Again, it gets chucked around a lot, doesn't it? The word partnership in recruitment. But for me, it is. It's a true partnership. So I feel that if you if you work with that ethos in mind, if you share those values and if you have that that respectful relationship with your client, regardless of what industry they're in, and because I recruit at all level, levels within that business, mm. so I recruit, you know, the, the office functions, the HR team, the engineers, I can, you know, it's it's applying the same discipline to when I'm recruiting for an accountancy practice or for a legal practice. Mm -hmm. So long as I truly understand my the client's business and understand what they need from that person, I can go out and find them. I was yeah. just about to say it, it gives you almost. I think if I think about that versus very niche people, what having that sort of multi sector and multi discipline view is that you have a more holistic view of a business. Absolutely. Which actually, if we're thinking about attracting diverse talent pools, means that you've probably got a broader perspective mm -hmm. if I'm giving the counter argument. And I, I do think there's a place in the market for all styles of recruitment. But I think, you know, you, you definitely do it with a plum. There's no doubt about it. And I think there's a lot that we can learn from that. I want to end by going full circle by asking if you could go back to Emma sat in high school. How many yeah. years ago? I don't think it looks quite like it's that long ago, but it's quite a few years ago, I bet you're going to say. Yeah. What, what one piece of advice would you give to her and why? Um, I have thought long and hard about this and, and for multiple reasons, but I'd say be, be brave and be bold. Because you you don't get anywhere by you know sitting back and you know I think it's it's about being brave, being bold. Um, you know, I taking my career. Um, you know, when when I look back at kind of how, as I say, how I joined the industry in two thousand and fifteen, nobody talked about the recruitment industry back in those days in Cumbria, yeah. and and when I joined, it was you know it was all brand new to me, and as I say, I fully Im immersed myself in the industry, and I've learned a lot in that time, but I think it is it's about making you know making 
key decisions. It's about being vulnerable, um, mm. which kind of, you know, I've just said be brave and be bold, but I think yeah, it, but yeah, being it's, vulnerable is actually being brave, yeah. actually, because it's opening yeah. up to what you think you need to learn about yourself and what you can then do to take yourself forward from it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think especially in this market as well, I think it's about being, I think we've, we've touched upon it about, you know, being brave and be bold, but with your personal brand as well. Yeah. Especially with what we do, it's about people really understanding you because, again, another cliche, people buy from people and, okay. and things, people really, truly do want to know who they're working with now. And especially over the last couple of years, you yeah. know, it's all about that relationship that you have with your client and that you have with your candidate. And I think it's about putting yourself out there and for people to truly understand who you are and why you do what you do. So yeah, yeah. Be, be brave and be bold. I love that. I think that's a really beautiful way to end it. Well, I knew you'd be wonderful. And I told Thank you, it would, you, I said it in fly, didn't I? I said it just goes <laughs> like the blink of an eye. We're really grateful to you. And, you know, it'd be interesting to see whether or not there's any other people listening who do what you do and go into local schools mm -hmm. and, you know, really champion young people into carving out whatever career they want for themselves. Because let's face it, you know, the world is their oyster, but they've also had, a, like I say, a really challenging time. So let's do what we can to support them. But you've been amazing, Emma. Thank you so much for joining Thank us you. on the Recruiter to Recruitment podcast. Thank you, Lisa.